Hello, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 3 of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we break down the May Melee knockout round and other gaming news. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the gameplay episode for this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Um, yeah, well, welcome, guys. The, the May Melee was... Uh, the knockout rounds were a lot. They were very interesting, and they, we've got the actual May Melee next week. Um, but yeah, how has this week been in video games for you, Kevin? Uh, after the 24-hour stream, we've just... Uh... I'm kind of chilling. I haven't been able to play a lot besides Pokemon Snap, and I'm trying to get back into competitive Pokemon. They they just switched the meta back on us, so um, I, I don't know how many of you guys play competitive Pokemon, but um, there was a meta where we were allowed one, like, what we consider box legendaries on a team, so like Kyogre, Groudon, uh, the, the Sword Doggos. Um, we were allowed one of those on the team. Um, but we went back to the format where we don't have those anymore. So, um, we, we now have to get readjusted, but they added more Pokemon. So we just have to figure out what that means for us. So I'm looking at rebuilding, you know, champion Cynthia's, uh, Sinnoh champion team, but for doubles instead of singles. So, um, that's going to be very interesting, uh, coming up in the near future. We talked about Pokemon cards so much that I was imagining you like building a deck of Pokemon cards when like, wait a minute, that's only six Pokemon and like there's a whole deck. And I realized, wait, he plays game Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. I'm yeah. so messed up. It's so confusing, right? Like um, my history comes up to Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the Pokemon, the game. And right now Pokemon cards are, you know, in and not quite the Yu-Gi-Oh the Yu-Gi-Oh game is the Yu-Gi-Oh card game, so like, there's no, no other weird things going on there. Have you ever tried any <clears throat> other card game? Like, actually, like, gotten invested into it, or is it just? Are you oh yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh, are you a Yu-Gi-Oh man through and through? Um, uh, I always end up going back to Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, but I did play a game called Force of Will for a while. Um, it had pretty art, and I was like, ooh, pretty art. <laughs> so <laughs> I played it, and then it didn't do well uh, in the states. So I just kind of gave up. Um. But okay. yeah, I had a couple. I had a couple boxes of that, um, and I don't know if there was anything that was too insane um, that I like completely switched over. I just thought that you know the games were were cool. I, I like card games in general. I like Slay the Spire. I like Monster Train. Um, just just have fun and enjoy card games, even if they're not physical. I played Hearthstone for a bit, um, but not not as much to keep going so yeah um I, I like the concept i could never get into like the actual gameplay of card games even when i like had Yu-Gi-Oh cards i would i didn't i never knew what i was doing i didn't know what the numbers went i just liked having them i liked opening up the packs and seeing what was in them which is what i'm doing now with pokemon cards with my siblings like my sister's like into tiktok so she's she's on that trend so she like looks up the value of cards that we get 
So everything that I'm learning about the cards, it's it's through my sister because um, she cares about such things. I just want to get an ente, a shiny ente. Someone please give me a shiny ente. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Pokemon Snap came out. Is there anything that you're looking forward to on the horizon of things coming out? Uh, I'm, I'm waiting on the Arceus games. There was a whole bunch of games. Oh, that's that I was next year at. though, right? That's next year. Oh, so um, long. I want it right now. Oh, now. closer. Um, if you guys are into rhythm games, uh, I, I know I, I'm, I'm stretching my arms out like quite far, uh, but there are some games that like I, I really want to hone in on. Um, I have a really bad habit of looking at Kickstarter late at night. Uh, and I don't know if that's a bad habit, but it's also pretty cool. Um, if you guys have played Friday Night Funkin', habit. It's going to become a bad habit, Kevin. Don't invest. Don't I, invest. I, I, I won't invest in things that I know that I, I won't enjoy later. But there was a game called Friday Night Funkin'. If you guys enjoyed DDR, um, but for your keyboard, uh, Friday Night Funkin' is essentially a Newgrounds version of it. Um, and it was, it was really fun. Um, they have a Kickstarter on right now. And that they're going to expand it even further and then put it on steam so i i already backed that one but there's <laughs> there there's those i think there's um i'm still waiting on crab champions to come out uh is that the one where the crabs are fighting that's the one where the crabs have guns okay uh, the the other one i think was called like seafood war or something like that that's the one with the crab with the knife yeah that's the one i'm thinking of yeah um but yeah, just keep an eye out. I know uh, a lot of people right now in Japan, it is Golden Week, which is the it's like a spring break, kind of. Um, it's like the first week of April um, every time. But essentially, or uh, first week of May, uh, last week of April. Um, but what they do is it's like a break from school, but most of the time it's like right after, um, right before or right after uh finals so it's just kind of like a nice break from everything um but yeah definitely take take a peek at uh at games that you want to look at and uh let us know if you're gonna gonna pick up anything uh how about you matt is there any gaming things that's been happening to you i have been waiting for i know they're remaking diablo 2 so i'm waiting on that just to have something to play on the switch I haven't really been playing anything except um, Overwatch just because I don't have time to do, to breathe anymore. I've been literally like working around the clock and it's ridiculous because people are either getting things to me late or people are like, hey, here's work for you to do. Go do it so you can get money. Which I mean, finally after like, I think it's been six weeks of working for Wondery, they're finally processing my payment now. So I'm going to get paid tomorrow, thank God. Um, but like apparently they they'd never processed my paperwork so had i not emailed them i never would have been paid so follow up on your work people and get paid um but i i want to i want to try i've never played dead by daylight but like i've said in the news episode like there's been the there's the crypt tv crossover um and i'm a big fan of, of horror things especially crypt tv because that gave me my that, that like was my entry drug into the world of horror and i know jack davis 
I'm actually going to try to get him to talk about like getting crypt TV because this essentially Kevin, we're not really an Overwatch podcast anymore. We're like an internet gaming podcast at this point. Would you agree? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I feel like I mean we've already had Avalon on the show and like she had the Overwatch connection with with um the Boston Uprising jersey, which we didn't know about until she mentioned it. Um so I'll see if I can get Jack on here to talk about like how what it's been like translating his characters into into that game. But I really want to try it. I know my friends play it and they like it. Um but I mean that's it. I, if you have any gaming recommendations for things that are cheap, uh, starting tomorrow, I will have some, a little bit of disposable income to get some stuff to play because I'm getting a little bit bored. But yeah, that, that's that's about it for me. I am also waiting for the RCS game. That's so far the game I've been really waiting for. I don't want to get Resident Evil Village yet. I want to wait till it comes out on, until I get my PS5 eventually to play it there. But yeah. That's where I'm at. So the the May Melee knockouts. Um, I watched everything except the last three maps of the Dragons versus Fusion because that was a two and a half hour matchup and I was planning on getting to it. But Wondery said on Monday, hey, here's here's some work. Go do it. So I ran out of time. Um but overall, Kevin, what, what are your thoughts about the knockouts and this this May Melee tournament, which is like, this is the second time we've seen a May Melee because they started it last year as, mm-hmm. as a way to just figure out how to get people engaged with the Overwatch League because we were getting to the point where we understood that things were weird with Corona. Mm-hmm. The plans for the amazing season they had for us were thrown out the window by this pandemic that nobody saw coming. Um, and they should have done something earlier. They didn't. They eventually listened to Monty. And now we have the the tournament format, which they've doubled down on with this season. Yeah. I, once again, I do think that these tournaments are coming a little too early. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of teams that obviously haven't even played each other yet. Um, and have yet to even like match up or even get a feel for how tournaments and you know brackets and how pl- how players play or what the meta is at the moment, right? I know the Overwatch League has like its own meta, but mm-hmm. it, it, it's just a matter of getting a feel for it and getting your team used to it, um, and all that and so forth. So honestly, like this is the first time that we're seeing potentially like teams cross paths. Uh, if we are going to see things that look different. Um, it's going to be now. So I'm a little excited to see what, what these teams had to offer, um, which, I mean, we saw on Sunday those matches that came through. Um, mm. And there, there's been a lot of things that, like, when you're watching them, you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is weird. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, it was definitely something that was... that finally felt like it had stakes, but... I know we, we were talking about power rankings uh, last week, right? Um, how like a lot of people make power rankings early and they're like, oh yeah, this team is going to be good. Um, mm-hmm. 
and like it's all about win records and power rankings thing that they're doing is yeah to me so i feel like these things are okay the power rankings like this may set something for now but once again i feel like each one of the tournaments is always a uh it's always a coin toss because of the way how the the tournament is set up right it's always like there's going to be a team that happens to work in this meta and it works well now mm-hmm. um will that be able to translate into you know september uh which ends up becoming the grand finals or even in august the playoffs so right um we'll we'll see how how well they do i know that it's literally only week Four. We're entering week four of the Overwatch League. So, yeah. Um, it, it feels like there has been... I feel like there's not enough games for us to really tell who's who's on top. And exactly. even with, like, these small tournaments, like, it's cool to see, like, some teams go head-to-head again. But at the same time, I don't feel like it's enough for us to change. Or, like... I mean, it's cool to see consistency, but... It, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top um, just to kind of start things off, you know? I agree with what you said. It's, it's definitely way, way too soon to do a tournament. We, these teams only get four matches before the tournament happens. And within these four matches, or the four matches before the knockout, and within these these five games that they're playing, they have to they have to both get used to the meta, get used to what these teams are doing, and and earn their spot. So it, it feels like it's so rushed. Um, I, I like that we're, we're getting multiple tournaments throughout this, but it, it doesn't feel like the tournament has been earned yet by the league, you know? Does that make, yeah. Does, does that sentiment make sense? Yeah. It just doesn't feel like we're ready. Like mm-hmm. it's having us having a small pool to test it against. And then they come out here. They they say, oh, we're having a tournament. And you're like, oh, okay. And we're just getting used to meeting everybody um, and seeing how they how they work and how they mesh. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, tournament time. And you're like, excuse me? <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh, we're still but, getting used to the people on their new teams. Exactly. Like That's the one thing that I feel like is going to take not only the league to get adjusted to, but also fans to get adjusted to it's the play style is different. Like the San Francisco shock are not the same SF shock from oh no the, the year prior, right? There's Clearly. a lot of the teams are different in the way how they operate and how they work. So um, it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, this time now, like who is going to, who's going to show up. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, one thing I, I do I do like about this season, I don't I don't know if it's anything in particular that they've done, um, but I, I mean last season we had them finding different ways to to bust these metas that we were seeing the repetitive compositions we had, uh, like the hero bands was a, was a big strategy for them. Um, this year we we don't have that, but I like the variety in compositions that we're seeing. It's really interesting because um, you don't have that that stable meta. You've got people like, right? I think mostly 
you see a variety of different like favored compositions that are very situational. Like you've got the double bubble, you've got the rush, you've got the, 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 the different dives, but it's like teams are, are playing their own way this season. It's not like, Oh, this, this out of all the teams right now, all of you are playing rush, but some of you play rush better than others play rush. So it's a matter of who plays better rush and the better rush is always going to win. Um, but I, I do enjoy this variety and to go on to like the numbers and the power ranking thing. It's like, even, even the standings of the overwatch league don't reflect what we saw this weekend in the main melee, because like the, the teams that are going through to the main melee are the Florida mayhem, the Dallas fuel, the Shanghai dragons and the Chengdu hunters. So you, you've got those four teams, but if you look at the, the uh the the standings on the, the overwatch league website the top three teams are none of them mm-hmm. it's the fusion the justice and the outlaws there they have the most winningest record so if if they're if that if the numbers themselves are saying that the top three teams aren't even going to the main melee then i don't understand where people are getting your power rankings from or how I don't understand how the overwatch league is running their Watson power rankings exclusively based on like numbers because numbers are great. They help quantify things, but they don't tell you everything. Yeah. They don't tell you how teams are going to match up against each other. Like you could always have a team that like, isn't like a superstar team that works a hundred percent of the time. But if you have pieces or people who play differently and make them play unorthodoxly like not play the way how they want to of course they're going to get thrown off of course there's going to be things that like make them have to adjust on the fly and you know we it you would not if you saw the top you know you look here and you look at the top 12 teams you're not thinking that eight and ten are going to be the ones that come out on top you know right like that is that is just strange in its own in its own right, you know. So, um, yeah, it was really really interesting this week, um, and I mean, lucky for me, I I was only on the Twitter side of it. Uh, I got to see I got to see like all the memes fly between the uh, <laughs> the mayhem as well as I I think the the ones between the Houston Outlaws and the Fuel yep. plus the Shock is probably the best like feud that I've seen and it, I thought it was hilarious. In the the one that I saw was um Dante was hitting up the uh the shock and he was saying like oh yeah, you're worried about the wrong Texas team. Oh no. You you forgot about this one, right? Yeah. Um and then <laughs> I think that's the one I was thinking of. So yeah, I I saw that one and they're like, "Oh yeah, you suck like you you forgot about the other Yeehaw team." And then Krusty replied back to that um, after they lost to the fuel. And it's the uh, James Franco meme of him with the like dying. And it's just his first time. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, oh, (laughs) it was so funny Uh, because he's like, oh, yeah, you you don't goofed. And I thought it was funny because it's like, yeah, we, we did get clapped, but so did you. So. I mean, there's 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 nothing there's nothing we can do about that. So I think 
on on the funniest half of that, uh, at least there's a little bit of fire coming out from both of these teams, at least on their Twitter accounts wide. So there, there's a little bit of humor at least to it. They they're yeah. not they're not I mean they're salty, but they're not like salt water salty. They're not dead sea salty. All right, so let's there, there's a lot to break down, so I think I want to try to keep it as as general as we can. So Shanghai v Shanghai Dragons v Philly Fusion. This was, I mean, I I saw the the social media post being like, this is the this was like the match of the knockouts. Like if you were gonna watch one match, watch this one. Um, evidently, neither of us followed their advice to the end. <laughs> um, because we didn't, I mean, it was a two and a half hour thing. It was six maps, guys. There's so much Overwatch to watch. Guys, this is like... You can overwatch, overwatch. This is one and a half moving trains. <laughs> <laughs> you want to put it in that perspective. I still need to, to watch Demon Slayer. They're getting a second season, right? So you have to watch the movie before you watch the second season. But yeah. Um, it'll be on kiss anime eventually that and the movie's supposed to be out uh, a month before they air the next the the next season so you'll have plenty of time to watch it um and yeah it, it's definitely it's definitely pretty okay so to the best of our our limited knowledge of this map and our analysis um this was tight this was very, very close. The mm-hmm. Volskaya was the draw map. That was the second map, but like that's that's where I ended. But watching Nepal, Nepal was crazy because on on Village, which was the first part of this Nepal thing, um, the dragons just kept clapping. This was a hundred to zero on this capture. Um, the dragons were they were just out positioning the fusion the fusion were not able to get any value out of their ultimates like there was one part especially at the end where where the fusion just literally dumping everything i'm pretty sure it was just like the uh the dragons used one immortality field to keep everybody alive and then dump their own ults and like they were losing the fight but they were still able to like stall it out long enough to uh to flip it and just 100 to 0 this shrine was the next map that was relatively even, I would say. Um, it was 100 to 50. So not at all a, a stomp. It was just the fusion. I feel like they got the, the kills faster. They 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 took it first. Um, and then from there, they, they had the ability to kind of wait things out. They had better positioning. They were able to kind of predict the moves that the dragons were going to do. Like they knew that the dragons were going to try to bump them off of high ground. So they were able to read that and respond um, effectively to it. Um, But then on Sanctum, it was another hundred to zero in favor of the dragons. Like the dragons were just ridiculously aggressive on this map. Like they, on the, on the first push they're 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 pushing, they're fighting. The dragons get their kills. The, the fusion are running back to spawn and the dragons don't don't take point they run up to their the fusion spawn kill them and realize oh wait 
this isn't eliminations. This is, we have to go cap the point. So then they run back to the point, which honestly could have been a disaster if they didn't time it out properly, but they were able to, to get really early kills and uh, space out their ultimates long enough so that it, the, the fusion were never even able to touch the point. 100 to zero. Like, I think it was, I can't remember which possession it was, but um, they had just killed um, Rascal. Rascal's coming out of spawn on his May, immediately spawns, comes out, immediately killed by a fire strike. So, I mean, that's so much time you have to wait because you're not going to go up against the dragons with, with less than a full team, or at least that's how it started. So, uh, very, very strong show for the dragons on there. Then you get to Volskaya, which was the draw, and they went to like, their second round of possessions. Um, I think here it was it's fairly even both teams are, are really really strong for me what what was really impressive was on the 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 fusions attack um there was one point where i think it was fleta who was on the may but fleta was able to i think like almost single-handedly stall out the point long enough on point a so that like even though He's pretty much alone. He's he's on the high ground with the May. He gets like what? He, I think he gets like two kills, then jumps onto the point and then ice blocks. And that's enough time for the respawns from the dragons to come back and then just utterly flip this point. Or like not even not flip it, but like drive the Philadelphia fusion back. Um what I've noticed here is that um both sides are really unwilling to give up fights like they're they're not playing i think smart overwatch they're just playing stupidly aggressive overwatch they're they're throwing out ultimates in fights that they've lost and they're unwilling to retreat and regroup like even though they're like what maybe two people down two players down they're still fighting for these points and the weird thing is is that it pays off it's like you, you're going 4v6 and you're somehow able to, to stall out long enough for your spawns to return fresh and healed up so that they can like help you turn the fight, which doesn't make sense to me. Also, I realized that like why people are playing ball on defense of Hanamura or not Hanamura on defense of Volskaya. It's just because it's so much easier to get back to your point A when you're a fast little rolling ball as opposed to like any of the other tanks who are slow as all hell mm -hmm. because like i wouldn't i would not i i did it today and it worked out fairly well but like i wouldn't put ball as like the best hero to play on volskaya yeah like it, it's a it's an unorthodox pick but you start seeing the the league pros using it just to contest right um it it's got a dumb amount of hp right you you get more hp the more people that are on the point itself and it allows you to stall for a, a good amount of time so um overall i just think a lot more I, I hope that it doesn't like translate don't don't try this out on in your pug games it's definitely i did something for the for the pros uh unless you're confident um i was not i did it anyway <laughs> It did you worked. did you make it back to point A though? I like, did. Yeah. It worked. Like we stalled out point A for a really long time, and I was able to get back quicker. Um, yeah, I started it, out as Ryan, 
but then it's like i'm not gonna make it back in time let's go ball and then i did and it's like wait this is why they're doing it because you get back faster this is the yeah. only reason why you would pick ball on this because he doesn't have he, he's not gonna help you hold the choke he's not really he doesn't have good anchor points on point a so that you can just spin to win um that's point b that's point b strat but mm-hmm. Damn, if you do, if you don't get back fast enough to to contest. Exactly, and that's exactly why people would run ball. Like, it it's cool if you can survive long enough. Otherwise, don't feed. <laughs> like, save save your Ryan chatter for when they try to recontest point B. And I think you could play that out a little bit more. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how that goes. Also, I I just want to say for the Philly Fusion, this is this is sad again. No matter where the Philly Fusion go, they they just can't get a break. The poor Philly Fusion. They're always always getting smacked around. I, I hope that they have better luck in the future because I do like their team. Um, but the Hunters versus the Dynasty. This was a this was a fun match. This one went um actually before we do that, let me just read the results because I we forgot to do that. Um so these matches started Thursday, like the actual May Melee this week is going to start on Thursday, which is probably the day I'm releasing these episodes because that's when I have time to edit. Um, but anyway, so the Paris Eternal lost zero to three to the Atlanta Reign. The Washington Justice beat the Boston Uprising three to one. The Valiant lost 0 and three to the Charge. And this is Friday. Um, Soul Dynasty 3 0 to the NYXL. Shanghai Dragons took three to two over the Spark. The Boston Uprising three to two over the London Spitfire. The San Francisco Shock 3-0'd the Florida Mayhem. The Toronto Defiant went 0-3 against the Washington Justice. Soul Dynasty 3-0 against the Valiant. You love to see it. Um, the Gongjo Charge 0-3 against the Spark. Dragons 3-0 against the NYXL. Mayhem 3-1 the Paris Eternal. Um, Spitfire 1-3 against the Defiant. Shock 3-2'd over the Rain. And now we're on Sunday. So the, the Hunters versus the Dynasty was a 3-1. I feel like overall looking at the Soul Dynasty, they have, I think for me, Soul Dynasty is the legacy team. Um, you've got Profit, Fitz, Gesture, um, Toyu Animo, Creative. These are these are players who have been here for a while. Like Gesture, I remember what like meeting him in person when I went to to Overwatch Arena. And like he's he's seen as one of the more seasoned, more level-headed, um, one of the better leaders of the Overwatch League. Um as, as well as the rest of his team. So I would, and, and a lot of them have played together, like Profit and Gesture were both on that season one London Spitfire team that was utterly dominant. Um, so I, I honestly, I expected more out of them, but they felt very lost. The only map that they did win I w- was Blizzard World. Um, but they, they didn't have really any answer to, to the, the hunters going into their back line and taking them out. Like the hunters are playing unlike the hunters that they usually have, have been playing. They're not like last week I was talking about like how they're still playing Chung do weird. They're not, they're not doing that this week. Like this week it matters. So I feel like they, they really stepped up their game and it was great to see. So the hunters beat the dynasty to, to advance ahead. So now we've got from the APAC region, the dragons, and the hunters advancing. Yeah, this is definitely a week that, on paper, you're like, uh, this this looks weird. 
<laughs> so um, weird. Like, you would expect the Philly Fusion, especially with the way how they they kind of buffed their roster. I mean, they did put up a really good fight against Shanghai. I mean, two and a half hours of Overwatch is definitely too much. Um, but it's also proof that, like, this game was good. Um, it, it was worth watching these two teams go head-to-head. Um, the Chengdu match, I did not expect to go that way. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Like, we kind of expected, you know, Seoul Dynasty. They they got, you know, really good, solid pieces. They're ready to go. They're ready to take off, right? And then Chengdu is like, no more weird. We, we're going we're going pro now. <laughs> so they did that. They buckled down. I know down they decided I'm, to. I'm glad that they're here because, I mean, sick logo. Uh, <laughs> but... Also, um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, the Hunters and the Dragons go head-to-head. Speaking of logo, I never understood why their their name is the Hunters, but they're pandas. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> pandas are like the least huntery things Unless they hunt China. a bamboo. They can't even really do that, can they? Like, have you seen the video of baby pandas? Like... Baby pandas are, are so adorable. They're, they, like, there's one video I saw of the zoo where, like, there's this mother panda holding her baby cub. And then they feed, they, they give the mother some, some fruit. So she drops her cub so they can take it away and, and do vet stuff. But it's like, they're so adorable. Like, the only, the only warrior like panda I've ever seen is Poe. But even then, he's like fluffy and adorable. Yeah. It, I, I, I don't can know. you hunt bamboo and i don't think it's too too hard <laughs> they don't run <laughs> really quickly about about the 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 soul dynasty um i mean they they've got such great pieces but they're still they're still kind of underperforming what do you and we've seen that throughout i think this season at least of the overwatch league where a lot of the upstarts are are taking it to the pros, the old pros who we know can can do some great stuff. So, is it age? Is it reflexes? Is it is it coaching? Is it are they relying too much on their um, their reputation and history? Is it just bad chemistry? I feel like all those could be factors easily easily be factors. It could be you know jitters it could be the first time that you know these people are playing on teams right um and also just like the pressure of having to go up against people like this um and you know first time being in this kind of level like where you have to perform right um i mean i i know that their performances in the past have proven that they decide that they're allowed to be here but um at the same time i do feel like it is important to have like to to not take people lightly you know um Mm -hmm. it's also once again like these teams don't have a lot of practice against other teams so um at least not that we've seen or at least have had in this environment i mean there's a lot of things that i want to say about uh the shock match when we get to it but um <laughs> yeah but we we can definitely dive into that uh once we once we get to there but there's a lot of things a lot of aspects and i feel like 
I feel like the biggest one is still like inexperience in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Not not from like veterans, like not saying like oh you know old veterans are going to dominate versus like the new and up and coming people. No, I feel like it's just experience within the team. Like you're you're having a lot of new pieces move around, um, but also it's getting used to like the new coaching style, like the new coaching staff, the new coaching style that each team brings. Okay. Yeah. So that was our APAC region. Now moving on to the NA region for the knockouts. Um, the first one was the Toronto defiant versus the Florida mayhem, which I felt was a fairly decisive win for the Florida mayhem. Um, I mean, last season was when the Florida mayhem decided that they wanted to get serious as a team and surprised a lot of us by doing really, really well. Um, three, and zero for the, the Florida mayhem, the defiant never really put up a very good fight. They didn't have any answer to what the mayhem were running. Like they didn't have any answers to, um, Yaki on tracer going into their backline, taking out their healers, or using the echo to get like to to duplicate whatever they wanted and like echo is an insane tool to have and if you don't like pick up a hit scan to, to take out the echo before she can really do damage then she's able to duplicate your tanks or your or your healers or your dps and get that extra ult charge really fast and then um you you've essentially just lost out because i mean a lot of the time ultimates turn these fights so if you're not taking out the echo then or or answering it then you're literally giving a team that's as good as the Florida Mayhem a white flag like you're saying okay we we we're you're running the echo we're just going to let you do what you want to do this comes back to that discussion that i had a while ago be, between building tall or building wide mm-hmm. um when it comes to building tall you want to have um do you want to have a team that specializes in something right that's like a hundred percent. Like you only run rush, you only run dive, you only run, you know, death ball. That's their specific thing, right? That they one trick and it becomes great, right? Mm-hmm. You build wide and have multiple players that aren't necessarily the greatest at what they do, but they can cover a lot of bases, right? Um, in this case, it it was the discussion of, you know, you have a team that's good, right? Top of their game. But you have no answer to what the mayhem are bringing you, um, yeah. which which makes it that much harder. So, um, in that case, I feel like if if anything, you know, Defiant might be might be looking for somebody to replace or potentially have you know a backup come in and help deal with some of their hit scan issues that they've been having. If there's any light on the Defiant, I will say it's Hisu. He's Hisu's got a really really good McCree. I would say, um, and I feel like he, the, the kills that he was able to get were some were partially a turning point for how when, when the Defiant were able to get success, and that was why because Hisu did a lot of work. Um, there was one there was one instance where I feel like the Defiant did have a little bit of a spark to them. I mean, they did okay on Anubis, but if you look at King's Row during the Defiant's attack. They had a really weird rotation. They went, uh, they went around the statue and they went up to high ground. They pushed through to like 
the bri- the weird bridge on high ground and then you're pushing to back back to like where it spits you out when you're going towards point b if i'm making sense at all if you haven't seen the match like they push really far past the backside of of point a and they catch florida out there they they bully them so far back and they get the kills and then at that point like it's just such a weird rotation and it's weird that it worked like florida really was not expecting that and then after they get their kills um there's the florida mayhem have pushed so far back that by the time that they would be able to get anybody on point after the kills then the define have already capped the point so it was such a weird weird rotation and weird push um obviously unexpected but that was the one time i feel like they brought something out of their bag that was unique aside from that they were just feeder fuel speaking of fuel shock versus fuel kevin take it away this game in in itself was very very weird um not only because of the way how the games played out um but i feel like one the fuel played the shock really well um just the way how they were being aggressive you know point one um they kind of had their number the entire game um on busan they were just reading every play that they can they can get on volskaya they really couldn't find a footing um they were able to you know get to the second round of of fights but still nothing really clicking for them and i was just a, a lot of the same thing um the thing that i wanted to point out is the roster um mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of people say like oh the shock should have won this like it it was pretty much in the books like the way all, how all the casters thought that the shock were gonna roll it not roll it but at least take the win here at least take the win i think we right? all thought that the one thing i don't want to point out any specific person but i do feel like um the difference here is the dps line it is not the same as last year and what they were attempting to run and not to put any dirt on nero but it's it's a difficult role to run you know um you're a brand new member a part of a championship team you know um same thing with fd god like these guys don't know the system yet um they don't know it in and out and they have to play around you know fd god's new style of being hyper aggressive almost uh, which does like fit with Lucio Violet. Play, though. I, I, I love like his it. Lucio play. It It's very much like a way how the Shock want to go. They want to go fast. But it is a very different way than the way how Moth used to play it, right? It's, his was like slow, methodical, figuring it out. How, how are we going to play this out, right? Um, but his is like, man, that McCree looking real low. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna go get that real quick. I'll be right back, right? Um, but it's a matter of figuring out the system and how well you're gonna be playing together. Not saying the same thing for, you know, the fuel. The fuel were just on their game. I felt like they, they found picks, um, like both on Busan and Volskaya, just being able to outclass them. Um, I understand the switch. Um, on point two, you know, uh, when they got, got into Volskaya, they swapped in, uh, they, they brought in Smurf, um, 
to change up the the main initial attack. Uh, they brought in Twilight and moved Violet to that DPS role. That's another thing that, you know, role swapping is nice to have that flexibility. Um, but how much can you afford to bank on that? You know, every mm-hmm. single time. And they went back to the same lineup that they did at the very beginning. Um, when they did end up going back to Eichenwald um, with Super. With Super and Nero back in the lineup. Um, so, the thing that I want to point out is it's going to be pretty difficult to figure out how the shock are going to remain consistent with so many good pieces. That's that's the important piece that I want to hone in on is like the fuel. If you look at them, they're 100% locked in. They had six players. They played the whole thing. They were ready. They were locked in. The the shock are juggling very good pieces, right? They don't know who to put in at certain moments. And because of the expansive pool that they have, it might not be the best pool that they can offer. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing that I'm looking for from the shock moving forward is going to be consistency. What can you consistently bring to the table? Um, you have the talent. What? How are you guys going to consistently deliver wins mm-hmm. with the talent that you have? And that is something that's going to take us a while to get to, but knowing your shock, they are going to figure it out. But the thing that I noticed about the shock that when they were playing, like the fuel had them red every single scenario they knew how the shock was going to play this game um and also when the shock were were losing fights they were i feel like they panicked i feel like they've never been in a situation where they were losing so badly and they would just overcommit alts or or would overcommit to losing fights and then that just ruins their time bank even more so do you think that the shock have been playing the same way and have been so dominant for so long that the fuel were able to pretty much kind of get a read on them and, and that other teams understand how they play to the point where they, they, they have a disadvantage because everyone's studied how to beat the shock. Yeah. I feel like that's also a thing that plays into it. It's like the amount of footage they have on you because you keep winning. Uh, they can look back at your tapes and be like, okay, well, striker likes to go this way or super tends to do this. Like, they have ways to learn quirks through your through your footage. And so I hope that later down the line, they figure out how they're going to... If they are going to change anything, I feel like, once again, it is going to be consistency, but also the ability to, to change something, not, not necessarily mid-game, but to like work out essentially a, a plan B or even maybe a, a plan C if you know, like teams start figuring out the way how you play. Sometimes you just got to do something weird. Yeah. Uh, like even with the same roster, they'll, they'll be like, oh, super is super is in, right? Expect Ryan Zarya, Ryan Diva, easy, uh, easy stuff. Like just put, just do something weird. Like put super on Orisa or something like that and <laughs> see what happens. Uh, I know that obviously the knockout rounds aren't the time to try it out, but. Sometimes, like, teams are going to be coming in expecting certain things when they see your roster. 
like who you, who you sub it in and what what's going to happen there. Um, so on occasion, I feel like you got to change it up and you got to figure out how how things are going to happen. Yeah. Also, I think it's poetic that the shock loss to a, a semi C nine. I mean, uh, Super got hacked, so he couldn't pounce onto the cart, but. It, it was it was pretty almost a C9 and they forgot about the cart and they were just trying to fight off the the fuel and then they like realized oh wait we're in OT got to touch cart did not touch cart yeah uh happens to the best of us i mean the best way to say it like C9s happen uh it it does it do be like that um so the mayhem versus the justice um, this one went three, one in favor of the mayhem, of course. Um, I feel like this was a, I mean, I, the, the, the mayhem's games, I mean, the mayhem are great. I just, I wasn't as interested in them as I was the, the fuel games, because I feel like in both matchups, like the mayhem were just very. I feel like they were the favorites to win. They, they were very clearly the better teams. Like the Mayhem have great pieces. They've got BQB, Yaki, OGE, Gargoyle, Slime, Gundam Gen. Like this is a team that we know just absolutely rocks. Um, I think just the 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 Mayhem just understand how how to be aggressive and they have better defense. Um, OGE was key here. Like if he's another shatter God and he's got really good primals and kills and stalls on Winston. Like he was able to, like we were talking about with, with the may on the Shanghai dragons that that's OGE for them with the Winston. Like he's able to, to do that shield bubble dance and then wait and get his primal and then stay alive long enough with that primal and use it at the right time for his team to get back and get those cleanup kills and, and, and just bully everybody back. So, um, Mayhem won here just because they're the better team. I think that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, they're they're really filling themselves now, and I, I'm fine with that. Like, the, they have a very good roster, and they're starting to find things that click. And then now, we go to Fuel versus Outlaws, Texas Showdown of the season, round two. Um... I don't know what happened here, Kevin. Like you, the outlaws looked so good. And I, I feel like the fuel were the team that really may, gave them the outlaws the most trouble this entire season. It might've just been first day jitters, but the fuel pushed the outlaws to a three and two. Um, and the outlaws did win it, but, it was it was very close. Like that's when we show that's when the fuel first showed that like we we are a contender team. We can we can do some good work. Um, but then they threw all the, the the Houston Outlaws. Um, I think Busan was a mistake from on the Outlaws part. They they ran a really 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 weird comp on Sanctuary. They ran um, Torbjorn, Tracer, Hammond, Zarya, Anna, and Brig. Which like it doesn't seem like the most um, useful. It doesn't have a lot of synergy. No, it doesn't. Yeah, like, that's the word I was looking for. Synergy. Like the the torb, the torb. I understand to like apply pressure, 
but with a tracer in order to get into backline it's you're not going to have consistent damage coming out from that the the ball and zarya like yes you can get some charge off of it and that that's all coming down to your zarya player at that point um but honestly it, it's just a lot to look at you know mm-hmm. uh so there is that weird composition and then mecha base was Houston Outlaws woke up. They ran something that was more um, coherent. They ran the May Symmetra, Ryan Sigma, Baptiste, and Lucio, mm-hmm. which it was a mirror of of what the fuel were running. Um, they had better progress there because they were doing something sensible. But I mean, the fuel were were just so much better. I think they they got the last minute like Blizzard into. Where is it? Was it that? No, that wasn't it. Um, I think it was just it was just utterly dominant on on all to all sides. Um, they did push for a second round of attack on um, Volskaya. It it was very close. Like, I think they 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 both. I mean, these teams are pushing each other to to play really well. I just think the outlaws got the worst of it and i think the main strategy here that really worked was attack crimzo because crimzo's playing the baptiste which is i think was their main source of healing he's out he's obviously going to out heal the lucio um and i think they're relying on crimzo's ability to to save them in a pinch with that immortality field but the the fuel were doing an excellent job of whether it was a dive from the tanks or tracer in the back line or sombra hacking and killing in the back line but in every single map, consistently what they did, no matter what strategy they pulled out, kill Crimzo first, the Outlaws collapse. Kill Crimzo first, Outlaws collapse. And then on Blizzard World as well, something that they really did was um, they pushed with a Symmetra, which you don't normally see. But when you're the Outlaws are running a Reinhardt and a Diva, like they have no real solution to that because you, both of those tanks the Symmetra is going to melt you down. And then plus they used their May to like isolate um, John Goose Reinhardt a lot. So if he's alone, he, he's kind of a, a dead man. So. Yeah, this is pure example of target priority. Uh, you, you know, if you hit the support line first and force them to collapse on that, it completely erases their ability to sustain in a fight. Um, I know that a lot of teams know this already, but at the same time, it's very, it's very effective. Like it, it works for a reason. And so the amazing, like this, I, I don't know how they did it, but the Dallas fuel, whatever they're feeding them, they I think they dethrone the the most dominant two teams in the West right now. Um, I, I I'm still at a loss for for how they changed up in a week from being a, a team we we were saying was very inconsistent to a team that just not one but two upsets. Yeah, they, they heard us and they're like, shut up. <laughs> like, it's our time now. So, yeah, they we definitely cast uh, cursed. We, we cast us cursed the other two teams. Uh, sorry, Dante. That's, that was our bad. JK, that was, that was all on you. 
Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how well they perform later down the line. You know, in Hawaii, um, they're not they're not in their in their studio anymore. They get to go outside and and stuff and see if that uh, that changes anything. So, looking forward to the next week. Um, we are actually going to get this is the actual May Melee. How it's going to go is we have it's starting Thursday, so it's actually starting tomorrow at 7 p.m. I will do my I will I'll I'll have this out by then so y'all can rapidly listen before it starts. But we're going to have the Shanghai Dragons facing against the Florida Mayhem, the Dallas Fuel facing against the Chengdu Hunters, and then Friday they're just going to repeat that until 6 p.m. when the action starts again. The winners of those two matches are going to go and they're going to stay in the winner's bracket and they're going to um, play on Friday. And then the loser's bracket is going to go on Friday as well. Um, Saturday, we're going to get the loser's bracket winner. So whoever wins between the loser's bracket is going to advance. And whoever loses in the winner's bracket is going to face against that loser's bracket. This is very confusing for me as well. Um, and then the winners of all of these matches, the winners of the winner's bracket and the winners of the loser's bracket will face off on Sunday for the actual finale of the May Melee. And uh, announcement from the Overwatch League is if you watch enough hours, you get a special Overwatch League on a skin from this. Okay. Any predictions, Kevin? I mean, this is the first time this season we're seeing East face West. Yes, that that is something. I feel like, okay, all of these teams have powerhouses. I mean, if you want to look at it at its its core, like Florida have a lot of just really solid pieces altogether. Um, the Dallas Fuel is the old Paris Eternal. Um, the Dragons are still the consistent Dragons, and the Hunters finally decided to play Overwatch. So um <laughs> watch watching these first games i feel like is going to be very very important to see how well these two teams uh go head to head so um i i want to root on obviously like the the u.s uh teams you know i, I want to see the mayhem and the fuel go um and and do great things i honestly think that the mayhem if they do win the whole thing it is something that finally puts a target on their back, but they're definitely a team to look out for. Um, and, you know, the Dragons are consistent, so I have to. I also have to give them that. Um, so I feel like that is something that I'm looking at. Um, but, you know, it's always a tournament. There's always things that could happen. Um, mm-hmm. And tournaments are tournaments for, for, the, for that factor and that factor alone. Um, one thing that I want to see if they have available for me um please um is there a reset um of the bracket <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what i want to know or is it a best of 5 or a team gets a one map advantage you know um because let's say if you, let's say hypothetically let's say that the shanghai dragons win against florida florida mayhem and against the winner of the dallas fuel and the chengdu hunters right they go into here with a two and zero record into the finals, right? The other team that makes it there has a two and one record, right? So, how do you determine if there's going to be a bracket reset, um, or is there just going to be like, okay, 
you guys both made it here. We're it's just completely reset. You just fight fight it out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as a team that's going into it, like if you two zero the first team, like you're gonna be like, I thought this was double elimination, right? Like I should have a second shot at it. You'd be you'd be really mad. But at the same time, you do understand like the other the other half of it is, um, you know the the other team made it out here, uh, and you know this this is what the tournament rules. So we'll we'll see. Do you know also if if this if this tournament is power matched or power protected? That I don't know because it feels um, like it feels weird that. Like the outlaws went four and zero, and now they're out. You know. Yeah. It feels like same thing with the you know same thing with the Philly Fusion, right? Like yeah, the Philly Fusion were four zero, now they're out, and it's like the Philly Fusion are still the number one ranked team, and they're out. Which like in mock trial we had power protected, so that like if you're not familiar with what that means, power protected, power matched, power protected means that the teams with the better record. Are are essentially like teams with like top records are prevented from facing each other really in elimination mat rounds because um, you don't want those those high powered teams knocking each other out early on so that you have like a void in skill and, and a, a huge gap in skill when it comes to the actual finale. You have the the teams with the highest power protected from each other. Power match is is all that's out the window. It's that. Um, you, you can get teams who are um, at that same level facing each other throughout the competition so that like it's even throughout. Like you don't have like in the early rounds, like an easy weakling team, like the, like the Valiant facing up against like the shock and the fuel and the mayhem and the outlaws early on. So they're just getting utterly dominated just for the, the benefit of the record of these higher teams. Um, and I, I assumed that this was power protected, but then again, it's Overwatch League, and it's weird. Yeah, they're gonna have to figure that out uh, going into the rest of it. But I hope that they figure it out. And you know, the main melee, we finally get to see. You know, I guess the the winners of both sides finally go head to head. So um, I hope another thing. I hope that we get some cool B roll footage of Hawaii. Oh, yes, please, uh, I I would yeah, I would love be to a, see the beach. This is a this is going to be a new thing for the league as well with with Here. Operation, um, what's it called again, Kevin? Oh, pro, uh, Project Aloha. Project Aloha. Yeah, this is going to be new for them. Like this is going to be the most in person thing they've had. They're they're doing this to limit um lag as much as possible, limit ping, um high ping. So um, what I heard um this is coming from the my inside man. Um, they're saying that the games themselves are going to be played in Hawaii, right? Like on Hawaiian server, it's all equal ping for both teams. That way they don't have the ping discrepancy, right? Yes. Um, the production itself is still all online. So like the casters and those guys get to watch the games, get to see the games and how they're going to be shown. But sadly for them, they don't get to be in Hawaii. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So it's gonna be all up to production to give us that like that vibe, you know. I want, I want the May Melee tournament, uh, but I also want B roll of Hawaii, please. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that we finally get this mix. Um, 
that is one thing. Um, I want the mayhem to to prove that, you know, you may have a bunch of old old farts, but they're good old <laughs> farts, and we're ready to go. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, I think like if the dragons perform well and they take out the mayhem, I think the mayhem are going to have their anime arc uh, climb all the way back. So they're going to pull a, a San Francisco shock. I think so. I think they're going to lose once. They're going to get like, I want to say that they're going to get like three one by the dragons. Go go into the lower level, fight against the the hunters. They'll win that, and then they'll beat the fusion, and then they'll come up. So I, I think that's that's the way how it's going to go. Okay. I feel like I want the I want to say the dragons are going to win this, but I feel like with the fuel, like how. How I was saying, I feel like they they know enough about how the shock we're playing. I feel like they know enough about how the dragons are playing, so maybe they are able to get a read on them um, as a team. Even though the team is changed a little bit, I feel like they understand how the dragons play. They might understand how the dragons play enough in order to get that win. Um, I also think that the Chengdu hunters, now that they're playing seriously and not as long as they don't go Chengdu zone again, I feel like they they could be enough of a threat. To the dragons, um, I, I for some reason I don't I don't see Florida winning this as much. Yeah, um, I mean, it, okay, if it, the fuel have that person who has been doing research, like they have they have that person who's got the inside info. If they could keep consistently proving that they know their opponents well enough, they can they can take it. I mean, they had that. They have a great personnel with, you know, Sparkle and Doha. So I feel like that it's just a matter of execution at the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why I don't see the Florida Mayhem winning this. I just think, I think that the the the, the teams they're going up against are either so strong or so weird in how they play that I I feel like the Florida Mayhem won't be able to match it on on one of those criteria. Um, I still like them. I think they're a great team. I I think maybe they play a little bit too conventionally for the hunters or the fuel. And yeah, then I don't be. think that they're at the level of the dragons. Yeah. That, that's what I'm mostly afraid of. Is like they they won't be able to match that uh that push that the dragons can can give them. But yeah, that that's that's the beauty of tournaments, right? Like this mm-hmm. literally exists in a Hawaiian bubble. So we get to watch all that go down this weekend and uh we'll see how that plays out and shakes up the rest of the league and again we could be completely wrong we won't know until until they actually face up because this is the overwatch league and none of us would have thought the dallas fuel would be here right now so (laughs) anything else that we want to talk about on this kevin we have been we have been talking with each other for at, at this point three hours ish now uh, my voice is starting to hurt. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, if, if anything, play your games, have fun. Uh, if if there's any anything else you want us to cover, like please let us know about teams wise. Um, we we can't cover everyone. I'm sorry if we leave anyone out over the course of you know the weeks, or we feel like we're uh, we're sweeping things under the rug. But it's not. It's more like we're human. <laughs> Okay, we can't just watch every game. It's, <laughs> I know we say that we don't sleep, but we do have to sleep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're we're trying our best here. Yeah, we 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 have work 
aside from that and, and and life we 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 love this we love doing it but it's like if you don't tell us what to focus on we're gonna focus on what we think we should focus on all right everybody well thanks for tuning in um excited for the may melee and we will cover that next week and, and break that down for y'all um thanks for listening if you haven't listened to the news section um please do uh we have a very fun i i teach kevin something about iceland at the very end of that one it's fun um but thanks guys for tuning in and we'll, we'll see you next week Next week, we cover the remainder of the May Melee Tournament and bring you more gaming and Overwatch news. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.